You let my father die. And he says it accusingly. You're, you're too old to protect anybody. What up and welcome to another episode of Brotherhood Without Wheels. Your favorite full spoiler we read podcast of George R.R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series. I'm Nate. Joining me as always, this goon over here, my brother Zach. What up? Zach's sleepy today. Zach's very sleepy today. Zach is trying to wake himself up. I have had now a Coca-Cola product for the caffeination. And now I'm drinking a refreshing bottle of water, too. None of it seems to have helped. It really doesn't, but I'm, I'm going to pep up because I really like this chapter that we have this week. If you're new, we read Game of Thrones here, starting with the first book in the Song of Ice and Fire series, which we are almost completed with almost at this point. Done. And so if you don't want any spoilers, turn back now. But... If you're if you if you've listened before, welcome back. You Rob Stark dies at the Red Wedding. Oh, fuck it. Right. We warned them. So last last episode, we were reading Tyrion. Tyrion seven seven. I think it's really cool that it goes Tyrion and then his future wife Sansa. Mm. And so Tyrion had with his clansmen, met up with his father at the inn at the crossroads that we've been to a few times at this point now. Already. And we got, we while we, in Catelyn's last episode, we had gotten the perspective from the northern side, we got it from the southerner side this time, and we learned sort of what they're planning to do against Rob and Edmure. We learned that Edmure Tully had been taken captive already, and that then we learned Rob Stark was marching south on them, so Tywin got excited and ready to march and offered the clansmen everything his son promised and more if they fought for him. And the clansmen agreed so long as Tyrion fought with them. And so Tywin's going to have no issue with that. So that was where we left Tyrion. Yeah. This week we are jumping into Sansa 5. Last we left Sansa, she was forced to write a letter due to her father's Which we've treachery. heard at this point through Rob's chapter, Catelyn's chapter. Rob doesn't get chapters. He doesn't get chapters. Uh, Catelyn's chapter where he gave her his copy. Yeah. And we know that it's a bunch of bullshit that Cersei was making her write, and she's too naive to understand that as a little girl. And we open this time where she is hovering at the back of the throne room by herself in... Yeah, she. This is this chapter. She I like starts a lot. by marking the differences to the throne room already. The walls of the throne room had been stripped bare. The hunting tapestries that King Robert had loved taken down and tossed into the corner in a heap. And so it immediately is that here's the changing of the guard right here. All these sweet hunting tapestries they're going to be taken down, and Joffrey's about to fucking dreadfort this shit up here in a minute. Yeah. So, Sir Mandon Moore takes his place. Uh, I'm assuming he he's had the escorted... Normal, he's the normal guard for yeah. Sansa is where And I so, met. yeah, he goes up and takes his place under the throne beside his two fellow king's guard that were there. Sansa hovers by the door, which was unguarded for once. While the queen had given her freedom of the castle, she was escorted everywhere. Honor guards for my daughter to be, the queen had said, but Sansa we doesn't feel honored by yeah. it at all. And even Sansa knows the truth at this point. So, freedom of the castle meant anywhere within the Red Keep. 
so long as she promised to not go beyond the walls. Which she really doesn't have the option to anyway between the gold cloaks and the Lannister soldiers. That, Not to mention the portcullis is always raised and the gates are always guarded and locked. Like, she couldn't get out. She's yeah. not Arya. So she easily made that promise. It was enough for her to walk the yards and pick the flowers in Marcella's garden and visit the godswood as well since... Well, she would visit the Sept to pray for her father, but sometimes she would go to the Godswood as well, since yeah. the Starks did keep the old gods. Duh. And she's here at the first... This is Joffrey's first court session of his new reign, and... Yeah, the room is lined with... Uh, half the room has gold cloak soldiers lining it, the other half is... Lannister men, mm. and then there's no more than twenty lords in. in yeah, the no, session. no smaller common folk are here. It's only lords and ladies. And of so the court. Sansa does make that comparison to when uh, Robert was in was king. This place was packed. Yeah, like people were there. The small folk, like people, knew he was the king. They wanted to speak with the king and have him help them. Yeah. So but, Sansa, what? So I was just gonna say Sansa also doesn't realize that you know they're. They're at war out there, and like yeah, no, it's the, a, like, there's no people to come in. It's right now. It, especially now in the reviews, it's it's funner to look, to read Sansa because it's so she's so oblivious to what's going on beyond the walls of the Red Keep, and even what's going on in the Red Keep. That yeah, she has no idea that Rob and Catelyn are now marching on River Run, and pretty soon people are gonna start shedding blood over this. Like this is full fledged war now. Like the the. Seven kingdoms are being torn asunder literally as we speak because of this letter that she wrote that she doesn't really know the implications of that and just a ton of stuff that's going over her head. But, yeah, so she she thinks that – or she slips in among these lords and ladies and she's muttering her greetings as she works her way to the front. She sees Jalaparzo and the gloomy Sir Aaron Santigar, who was the king's uh, – what the fuck was he? He was the king's like master, master of arms. Master of arms, and uh, he's their key. Their uh, their Roderick. Yeah, she sees the red wine twins, horror and slobber, which were just interesting names that I wanted to note. And they all seem to shy away from her. And again, we get the comparison of Sansa and the pale mare. They shied away from her as if she had the pale mare, which is exactly what the maids did when she was first locked in the tower, mm-hmm. and her and Jane Poole were trying to get any information. And sickly Lord Giles had covered his her uh, his face at her approach and feigned a fit of coughing, and when funny drunk Sir Dantos had started to hail her, Sir Balin Swan whispered in his ear, and he immediately turned away, pretending he couldn't see her. Vainly, Sansa tries to find a friendly face, but not one of them would meet her eyes. It was if it was as if she were a ghost, dead before her time, and I just liked yeah, that. Yeah. That yeah no it it and that's just that's to show how quickly that how much stock people put in these things that this is all because of what Ned Stark did or right. didn't do well and they and know that's why she's getting treated like they this. know she's that ostracized. That's Ned, exactly she's Ned Stark's daughter and to talk to her speak with her risks the chance of them being labeled as a traitor mm-hmm. in some way and so don't don't speak with her because you get in some serious trouble. So we get that old bitch, Pycelle, is seated alone at the council table at the front, seemingly asleep. And Sansa spots Varys coming into the hall, his feet making no noise. And a few moments later, Peter Baelish enters. Creeper Baelish. Through the the tall doors in the rear, smiling and chatting amiably with Sir Balin and Sir Dantos as he heads to the front. 
And Sansa begins to get butterflies in her stomach, thinking, I have nothing to be afraid of. It will all come out well. Joffrey loves me, and the queen does too. Yeah, she and we'll said so. learn more about why she's saying that for what, I mean, full spoiler. It's because she's going to ask Joffrey to spare her father. Yeah, but she's like, asking for mercy. It's uh, Which I really like how often the word mercy is thrown about in this early Sansa chapter. Mm-hmm. Just because how it correlates with her sister later on. Yeah, so a herald announces the arrival of his grace, Joffrey of the houses Baratheon and Lannister, first of his name, king of the Andals, etc., etc., and all hail his lady mother, Cersei of House Lannister, queen regent, light of the west, which I thought was an interesting description, and protector of the realm. The light of the west, I think, just especially with this read-through, how much we've been bringing up the colors of the sunrise and sunset with her i was just wondering if that wasn't another little tie-in to that of these these different colors so they're led in by uh barry the bold yeah along with the other yeah aris aris is escorting cersei while boros blount is walking beside joffrey and sansa notes that that makes six of the seven king's guard here and present in the throne room all but sir jamie lannister and it says that her prince no her king now took the iron the steps of the iron throne two at a time while Cersei seated herself at the council table. And so Joffrey's looking dapper in some black velvet slashed with crimson, a cloth of gold cape, and a golden crown crusted with rubies and diamonds. Yeah, sounds like a Rhaegar wannabe to me. Yeah. Anyway, he shouts out that uh I have it here. Lost my place. He says, it's a king's duty to punish the disloyal and reward those who are true. Grandmeister Pycelle, read my decrees. So, real before we get into the decrees, I think it's interesting because it's before he, he speaks out, it says that Joffrey turns and looks out over the hall, his eyes catching Sansa, and he smiles, smiles as he sits. Yeah. And so, like, mainly... Throughout a lot of this chapter, we get the perspective that Joffrey is sitting and towering above these people. And so it's definitely, for Joffrey, like, that's one of the things I think the show kind of poorly translated is, like, on every level, this kid is told that he is elevated above everyone. And even in the the throne itself. They give such a a failed version of the throne compared to the book in the show. And the throne itself has such an influence. It manipulates people. It corrupts. Like, Joffrey, and that's what I'm saying, is this 15-year-old, 14-year-old kid is sitting 30, 40, 50 feet above all these lords and ladies as the king now being told... The realm is yours. Uh, everybody has to do what you say. And so it absolutely is this power trip that, yeah, he looks out. He sees Sansa. Joffrey, we know, as full spoiler reread, is a cruel little shit. He's not looking at Sansa and smiling because, oh, there's my beloved. There's, yeah, no. He's looking at her and smiling because, hey, You're I, mine. her father is in prison. I know what probably what she's going to ask for. I'm assuming Cersei has told him that. He's already planned to and kill Yeah, him. and he, he already knows that it's just not going to go well for Sansa. Sansa is going to get nothing of what she wants. She's nothing to him. And so I just, yeah, he and then commands, you know, read my decrees. So. The old bitch stands and draws a rolled parchment from his sleeve and begins to so, read off. Are the Grand Meisters supposed to have different colored robes than the other Meisters? Like, don't they typically do gray? I think it's usually, yeah, they're all supposed to be in gray. Because his, his is are a dapper. Magne- yeah. magnificent thick red velvet. Yeah. Lannister huh. colors. Funny. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so, yeah, he begins to read a long list of names. These people were to present themselves to King's Landing and swear fealty, bend the knee to Joffrey. Failing that, they would be named traitors and have their lands and titles forfeit to the throne. Yeah, so for the most part, he goes through the list of all the people we've heard in the last two chapters. I wrote it. I've got them, too. I was just announcing that. I was going to say, I didn't go through writing (laughs) it to not fucking read them out. Yeah, no, we've heard almost all of these names through Tyrion's chapter or Catelyn's chapter from the battle tactics and who's fighting what. Yeah. So go ahead and... So it says, the names he read made Sansa hold her breath. Stannis Baratheon and his lady wife and daughter, Renly Baratheon, both Royces and their sons, Sir Loras Tyrell, Mace Tyrell along with his brothers, uncles, and sons, Thoros of Myr, Beric Dondarrion, Lysa Arryn and her son Robert Arryn, Lord Hoster Tully and his brother Brendan, as well as Edmure, Jason Malister, Bryce Karen of the Marshes, of the... The Marshes. Yeah, the Marshes. Titus Blackwood, Lord Walder Frey and his heir, Sir Sturon. Carl Vance, Jonos Bracken, Lady Shella Went, Dorian, Dorian Martell of, oh my god, Prince of Dorne? <laughs> and it just, it, it went and on from sons, there. Lesser and... lords, I'm, I'm assuming at this point. And finally, at, at the end, near last, came the name Sansa was dreading. Yes, so he calls out Catelyn Stark. Rob Stark, Brandon Stark, Rickon, and Arya Stark. And at this... She gasps. Because holy fuck, she thought that Sansa was here and captured. And Arya was here and captured. Yes, because she is Sansa. Um, but she decides that Arya must have caught the galley and she's home in Winterfell by now. Yeah. What in the shit? She doesn't, like, she thinks she's safe in Winterfell. Yeah, yeah. Not even understanding that Winterfell's vacant yeah like they've marched and really that she caught the galley like by herself and i mean i suppose serio pharrell she might think he i don't know what the fuck she's thinking but like wow yeah so old bitch finished reading rolls up that parchment tucks it back into his sleeve and pulls out another and then he begins to read again in the place of the tradar 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 in place of the traitor edard stark it is the wish of his grace that Tywin Lannister, Lord of Casterly Rock and Warden of the West, take up the office of Hand of the King. So, the king has decreed the small council consents, and a murmur goes up around Sansa at that, but it quiets quickly as Old Bitch continues reading. And he says it is his grace's wish as well that his loyal servant, J- Jano Slint, be at once raised to the rank of Lord and granted the seat of Hall and all of its lands and incomes to pass to his sons and grandsons until the end of time. Moreover, it is commanded Lord Slint be seated immediately upon his small council, so the king is decreed the small council consents. Yeah, so Slint comes walking in. and comes he's strutting in. Strutting in, yeah. He's, and he's got his two sons with him carrying his shield. Which is way too fucking big for these two little kids to be fucking carrying yeah, for him. And so they're struggling It's the whole bearing way. the sigil that he has decided to take for House yeah. Slint, which is a bloody spear gold on a night black field, which, like, you don't want to be. And people were shit. pissed about this. Yeah. They, they actually start riling up a bit and get angry, and that didn't last long. Yeah, no. Um, the Lord, yeah, the Lords were kind of... They're pissed because he's just this up-jumped lord all of a sudden. They got a part to make way for him. So, And, and Sansa, 
the just the sight of the scene starts to give her goosebumps. Yeah. Like she knows that there's just something occurring here. And so as Slint took his place, the old bitch resumed. Lastly, in these times of turmoil and treason, with our beloved Robert so lately dead, the council views the life and safety of King Joffrey of paramount importance. And he looks over to the queen. And Cersei stands and calls Sir Barristan forth. Bury the bowl. And Sir Barristan, who stood at the foot of the Iron Throne, goes to a knee and bows his I'm head yours to his to grace. command, your grace. And Cersei tells him to rise and remove your helm, Sir Barristan. And he's confused by that order, but he does so. And she says that you have served long and faithfully, and every man and woman in the Seven Kingdoms owes you thanks. Yet now your service is at an end, I fear. King and council wish you to lay down this heavy burden of yours at last. Barry doesn't know what the fuck to think. Yeah, no. Because this doesn't make any sense, like, at all. Yeah, no, well, no, not to him. I mean, their vows are for life, as we'll learn. Right. And so fucking Jano Slint decides to add his Uh. two cents. And he says, what her grace is trying to tell you is that... You are relieved as Lord Commander of the Kingsguard. And Sansa notes that the tall knight seemed to shrink. Your grace, our vows are for life. Only death may release the Lord Commander of his sacred trust. And then we get the knife twist. Yeah, man. Whose death, Sir Barristan? Yours or the king's you were sworn to protect? The voice is, the queen's voice was soft as silk, but her words carried throughout the hall. A little bit of Ruth Bolton there. And yeah. Joffrey shrieks out, You let my father die! And he says it accusing You're, you're too old to protect anybody. Yeah. Um, and poor Barry, man. He starts, like, begging at this point, Sansa pleading. watched the knight peer up at his new king. And he, she had never before really thought about how old he was, but it, he was kind of showing it now with how sort of pathetic he becomes yeah he pleads he all he ever dreamed of was becoming the king's guard he gave up all his claims he gave up his wife he was betrothed to a woman sir who Ger- married his cousin yeah sir gerald hightower himself heard my vows he fought beside the white bull and prince lewin of dorn besides sir arthur dane himself before joffrey's father defended uh before joffrey's father he had defended the previous three kings at which point, Littlefinger, yeah. all of them dead. And Cersei tells him, your time is done. The council has determined that Sir Jamie Lannister will take your place as Lord Commander of the King's Guard. The Kingslayer, Barry says with his voice full of contempt. The false knight who profaned his blade with the blood of the king he had sworn to defend. And essentially, Cersei goes, careful, sir. Yeah, watch your tongue. Yeah, you like... speak of our, be- our beloved brother and the king's own uncle. And Varys speaks up with a voice gentler than the rest of theirs and says, No, we don't forget your deeds. You've been gifted lands from Tywin Lannister, north of Lannisport, a hall and as many men as you need to run it, as well as some gold to make it sustainable. Barristan looked up sharply. A hall to die in and men to bury me. I thank you, my lords, but I spit on your pity. And he begins removing his armor. I am a knight. Yo, this... I shall die a knight. And at this point, his helm is off, his breastplate's off, and his this cape is off. Heart. 
And Littlefinger just quips, a naked knight, apparently. And everyone thinks it's a hilarious jest. Yeah, <laughs> they all laughed then. Joffrey on his throne, the lords in attendance, Jano Slint, Queen Cersei, Sander Clegane, and even the other Kingsguard. And that must have hurt the most, Sansa thought, her heart going out to the gallant old man who stood shamed and red-faced, too angry to speak. Finally... Barry draws his sword. <laughs> like, I love how fucking paranoid these people get. Someone gasped from it somewhere in the crowd, and uh, Sir Boros steps forward. Boros with, and Marin, yeah, yeah move toward Barristan, Barristan to stop him, but he ho- stops them with a look of contempt, and he tells them, "Have no fear, sirs. Your king is safe. No thanks to you. Even now, I could cut through the." Five of you as easy as dagger cuts through cheese. If you would serve under the Kingslayer, not a one of you is fit to wear the white. And then he throws the sword at the fucking throne. Just flings it up there like, take And then he gets his namesake bold as fuck. Here, boy, melt it down and add it to the others. It'll do you more good than these five. Perhaps Lord Stannis will chance sit on it when he takes your throne. Now, I marked this because that's not the kind of comment someone would make unless he's expecting a reason for Stannis to be taking his throne. Yo, that's like straight up him saying, like, Stannis is going to kill you and take the throne. I hope he sits on my sword because he's a dick too, but I hope he fucks you up essentially. But does that mean he knows that Joffrey's born of incest? Oh yeah, and so he's this is the worst cat fucking it. secret at court. But yeah. it's more that like you would think that honor driven. I, I think the that's bold. that's it though. Is it is his honor where you keep the king's secrets? You serve the king like he is the king's guard to a to technic to technicality. He is following his vows. You keep the king's secrets. You fucking follow the king's commands. Robert commanded him. You know protect my son essentially just through being and so i i just i think and that's why i think ned stark made the mistake of not trusting barristan because i think barristan if barristan had someone to side with someone noble who could step up he would obviously stannis he doesn't think is that guy but someone like ned he might have been like yeah no i know joffrey's fucking jamie's kid like it's fucked up (laughs) what are we gonna do about it but, you know, so I, I totally think he knows that yeah, yeah. Stannis is going to be coming to put a boot in your ass. Yeah, I love how he threw that out there. Just... So it says he took the long way out, his steps echoing through the, the hall, the lords and ladies parting to let him pass. And not until the great oak do- and bronze doors had closed behind Sir Barristan did the murmurs begin once again. And fucking Joffrey starts calling out, what? What did he say? Was he? Do- did I hear him say Stannis? He called, he called me boy. He called me boy. What? Right. What is that? All right, Viserys. Yeah, so Varys answers him, idle talk without meeting, and Joffrey says, he could be plotting with my uncle. I want him seized at once. And Slint stood. Well, at first, everyone ignored him. Well, yeah. And he said, I said, seize him. Yeah, and Slint, of course, the little fucking slime ball. Yeah, he says, my gold cloaks will see to it at once, your grace. And Joffrey says, good, as Slint leaves the halls with his sons behind him. And as he does, Littlefinger speaks up, saying, well, that also means that we are down one king's god. Mm. And fuck Joffrey, man. Tell them, mother. Tell them, ma. 
Like, go ahead. And Cersei does. She says, King and council have decided that there is no man in the Seven Kingdoms more fit to protect his grace than his sworn shield, Sandor Clegane. How do you like that, dog? Joffrey yells. And the hound's face was hard to read. He took a moment to consider. Why not? I've no lands or wife to forsake. The burned side of his mouth twisted. Though I'll warn you, I'll say no knight's vows. And Sir Boros challenges yeah. him, saying, The sworn brothers of the king's god have always been knights. Until now. And that shuts Boros up. Yeah, I would imagine bitch. you get the hound all up in your face and you would be a little bitch, too. So the herald steps forward and Sansa realizes that her moment is at hand. So she smooths her skirt and she is dressed in mourning clothes for the king, but she made sure to look beautiful in the gown that actually Arya had ruined with the blood orange when she chucked it at her. I like that she says ruined, but she's saved it and she's wearing it now to look beautiful. Yeah. But it sh- but once still. died, you couldn't see the damage at all, which is important. Sansa and dying clothing. And as isn't that there right. is a theory about the hound's cape? Uh, the Kingsguard cloak that he's getting right here and Sansa dyeing it and possibly converting it into her own cloak as sort of a symbol of protection because the Hound leaves that cloak with his Kingsguard cloak with her when the Battle of Blackwater happens and there's a whole big thing about Sansa and the Hound. And yeah. So the Herald calls that if any man has other matters to set before his grace, speak now or go fo- forth and hold his silence. And Sansa thinks now... I must do it now. Gods, give me courage. And she starts forward with the lords and ladies parting before her. She tells herself that she needs to be as strong as her lady mother. Mm. I just thought that was interesting because it's it's rare where we get her thinking about the family at all and not her own aspirations. So she calls out, Joe Grace. And it says, Joffrey was the first to see her from his vantage point atop the throne. Come forth, my lady, he said, smiling. And his smile emboldened her, made her feel beautiful and strong. He does love me. Yeah. And she's announced by the Herald, Lady Sansa Stark of House Winterfell. House Winterfell? Lady Lady Sansa of House Stark? Yeah, sure. We'll go with that. You're good. And so she stopped where Sir Barristan's cloak lay puddled with his helm and breastplate. And she kneels on it so that she doesn't dirty her dress. And uh. The queen asks, do you have business for king and council, Sansa? And she says, I do. And she looks up at Joffrey, and she asks for mercy for her father. And essentially just begs for it. The yeah, queen sighs. Yeah. yeah, and just expresses her disappointment. In... You disappoint me? What did I tell you about traitor's blood, child? And the old bitch says that Ned was a piece of shit, basically. Yeah, he's just talking, and then Varys even speaks up, but he... Uses the same line Ned does. Yeah, which one? That wisdom oft comes from the mouth of babes. Oh, did he? I didn't even Yeah, he, he, he basically is like... I mean, he's kind of being condescending, because he's like, oh, she's a child. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't know what she's asking for, and... uh but he does say, yeah, wisdom does oft come from the mouth of babes. And I just thought that was interesting. That that's is, what yeah. Ned Stark said when he learned the truth of. So So was he listening then? That was sort of my yeah. question. So it says Sansa only had eyes for Joffrey, though. And as he shifts in his seat, he told them to let her speak. And so she thanks him. And the old, <laughs> old bitch declares that treason is a noxious weed. It must be ripped out, root and stem. 
And then even Littlefinger jumps in again uh, and asking if she denies her father's crimes. Which you don't. Nah, I know he must be punished, like, bitch. She, which right. she knows better, which honestly, yeah, yeah, like, no. technically speaking, that's the one good it's thing one of the, No, it's one of the smartest things she yeah, said. Yeah, no, obviously I can't act like he's not Yeah, yeah, guilty. they're, they're going to punish him. So, But she says, but he loved King Robert. You all know he loved King Robert. They must have lied to him. Somebody, somebody must have lied. Stannis Lord Renly, or Renly. Yeah, somebody lied. He never would have unless someone lied. So Joffrey leans forward. The only part Joffrey cares about, he said, I wasn't king. Why would he say that? And she immediately, which is the same thing she told, uh, I want to say Jane Poole, his leg, his leg was yeah. bad. And he, he was drinking milk, milk of the poppy. poppy and they Otherwise, say that he it, never would have said that. That it clouds the mind. And so. So I jumped ahead. This is where Varys says, Such faith. Yet it is that often wisdom comes from the mouth of babes. This is where he says it when she brings up his leg oh, okay, and the milk yeah. of the poppy and stuff. And old bitch says that treason is treason. And it says Joffrey rocked on the throne. Which I don't know what to make of that. Like he's literally fucking rocking back and forth on the throne. Yeah, like what yeah. is, is like he's, he's excited nervous? about this. Like, I think it's that he's he's really enjoying this begging for mercy when he has no intention of actually showing mercy. I yeah. feel like he's already planning to kill him. It's in front fucking of, creepy. Yeah, like, he's a fucking psychopath. Yeah, and so he turns and, uh, and says, "Mother," and Cersei looks at Sansa and says, "Perhaps if Lord Eddard were to." confess his crimes then we'd know that he truly repented and joffrey stands and says do you have any more to say and sansa throws out the big guns which she thinks are the big guns only as you love me you do me this kindness my prince and like poor sansa yeah she thinks that's gonna appeal to him but so he looks her up and down and says your sweet your sweet words have moved me and he says it gallantly and he says, I shall do as you ask, but first your father has to confess. Confess and say that I'm the king, or there will be no mercy for him. No mercy. And Sansa says he will, and her heart is soaring. Oh, he will. So can I, um, now that that, this, that's the end of the chapter, I want to point out a few things that we kind of learn in, in the mercy sample chapter, that mercy is... Another way of stating, and just from Arya chapters in you know the future, giving that the mercy gift of death. is giving the gift of death. Yeah, and so I think it's funny that she's sitting here begging them for mercy for her father, and they're uh, we will show him this mercy. Yeah. yes, and they, they well do. we've learned to view that through the 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 faceless men because they right. they view the many faced god and the many faced god believes that. Death is a mercy to people who are to suffering. Ones, yeah, yeah, and yeah, no, it's just the, the the twist on it where she's begging for mercy. Then we get the literal personification of mercy in one of his children, and Joffrey has no intention of mercy, even though he's pretending yeah, like yeah. it's something he may entertain. Yeah, it's a really good chapter. It's really it, it really paints Joffrey's first reign, his court session, first court session to tell us what the fuck he's going to be like. Yeah, this is just uh, the beginning. I mean, luckily he, he didn't shout out for anyone to be killed immediately. He just seized Sir Barry. Yeah. But anyway, that said, you got an inductee? So that said, yes, Sir Barry. Oh, yeah. Uh, Barry the Bold, because yeah. I don't know, I just got real emotional watching him get real emotional and his, that... It's so shitty. Where he gets them to stop 
immediately just from a with a look of contempt just you know these two Kingsguard are charging towards him and he just looks at them and they're like oh shit yo his badass face isn't done either because we know from here he ditches all his lord clothing and goes in disguise and comes back into the city lives as like a beggar and like hides among them while the gold cloaks are looking for him and then he ends up taking ship for the free cities right. and white beard. White. So beard. we will be seeing Barry Stinson very soon and under a different alias. Uh, but yeah, that's good inductee. Yeah, thanks. We won't see him for a bit. It's gonna be a long time, so I wanted to get him. So in. my inductee is going to the Hound Sandor because piss on your night vote, your night's vows, <laughs> and I love it. I love the fact that. No one questions it. Not a single. He, no he says this in front of the king. Like, the hound is the only one person who I fear has, or who I feel has zero fear in that room right there. Like, yeah, he follows Joffrey's orders and listens to him, but like, he he just like Barry, he's capable of cutting down just about every say, it single person take in there. Damn near every person and in so there. So like, to take the him. fact that Joffrey's like, oh, what do you say to that dog? And he's like, eh, why not? Like. He that's very close to just like a no or like a, I don't feel like it. Like he actually thought about it and was like, yeah, sure, why not? Like, but I'm not saying no fucking vows. Like I'm not sure. And night. like, I mean, if Joffrey was just in the slightest wrong mood, like it would have been like, are you telling me you're not doing something? Because like you will be taking those, and then it would have been a whole different. But like, just the fact that the Hound is just like, yeah, sure, whatever. Like I'll do it, but I'm not saying your fucking vows. Like so, deal with that. To this fucking little kid who's on a power trip, fucking higher than the Iron Throne right now. But yeah, so the Hound goes. Fuck yeah, gets my inductee. We. As we said last episode, we are kind of pumping these recordings out a little bit quick this time, so we have not gotten any correspondence yet. But that's okay if anyone sends in anything for even... Uh, even these chapters, if you get yeah, them in, we'll Sansa shout them out. Or, yeah, we'll shout, shout you out. We'll get you in there. Next, we will be reading Eddard 15, which is Eddard's last chapter. And then... Uh, uh, I'm. That's not the beheading episode, but it's his. It's epi- his last. Perspective. It's his last point of view chapter. And so, this it's. I'm currently in the middle this of noting the it, and it's it's very intense. There's a lot of my good stuff. only friend. The end. Okay. So yeah, if you want to write into us, Nate's gonna. Yeah. Tell you so how you our do that. Gmail without manners brotherhood at gmail dot com. I'm on Twitter at Manners Without, Instagram at Manners Without. Zach is on Twitter at Carstark92. We are on Facebook, facebook.com slash Brotherhood Podcast. And we have our Patreon, which has our awesome Patreon-only episodes of the Mercy Sample Chapter and now the Theon Sample Chapter. Uh, Patreon.com slash Without Manners. We can also be found on all of the various locations for podcast listening. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Stitcher. Yo, give us those rating reviews. Five-star reviews, reviews on iTunes are sweet. They help us out tremendously. Reviews are wonderful. Any Anywhere that you can leave a review you is great. You guys are great. dope. And we'll that... catch you on the next one. Sancho, let me smash. Valadeheros. Peace. Peace.